This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nathan here. A quick message to say you can start collecting world-class players and more in Top's Kick the official digital collectibles app of the UEFA Champions League. Now, if you're like me and you're into Champions League football, start collecting and trading your favourite players from across the tournament with fans around the world. You know, build a squad of top players, including Mo Salah, Harry Kane, Phil Foden, Virgil van Dijk, Erling Haaland, the list goes on, and compete with those players in real-time scoring contests. The app has new packs available every week featuring brand new cards, original artwork, classic tops card designs, and the key mission will be completing sets to earn awards and combine your common cards. I'm starting to get a hang of that now, guys. Combine your common cards, level up your collection. Tops Kick 23 is available worldwide and the app is free to download in the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, Make sure to subscribe, but enough of that, let's get on with the show. Hello, Kreusor, and thank you for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The eyes of the football world might be on Qatar, but this weekend they'll be back on the Kairas. It was a return to winning ways for Phil Parkinson's hot shots last weekend, but now all our attention is on our own cup ambitions. On today's podcast, we'll look back at our Aldershot win and look ahead to the huge FA Cup encounter this weekend. I'm delighted to be joined, as always, by Nathan Salt. Mate, how are you doing? I'm, I'm better after that second half against the USA for Wales. I was kind of dreading this week you know we yes we won against Aldershot and I'm very much looking forward to the weekend but you know Wales it was a big one Rich I know we were, we were kind of frantically texting each other I know we've got a lot of US listeners Rob Rob McElhenney got what he wanted got the draw he wanted it did feel like role reversal of the 2010 World Cup it felt like Wales wins one all it had that sort of <laughs> momentous towards the end and again I mean Kiefer Moore and Ollie Palmer talk about a big man change of things halfway through you know, sort of the action, incredible. It, it literally, as Oli Palmer transformed our season midway through last last year, it was a uh, key for more of the bench. And I do love that the World Cup this week has sort of proven that you need someone to lump it long to. Argentina against Saudi Arabia, 
they were crying out for Oli Palmer. They would have loved to have him. I mean, I'm not sure if he's got any lineage towards uh, South America in him, but I think the scouts will be looking. We know we saw AC Milan scouting uh, Ben Toza's long throw, so maybe the Argentinian side will be trying to get Oli Palmer registered by the next game. But, Nath, we did say on last week's pod that the draw against Wilson was disappointing, but it could be classified as an off day if we went on and won the following match. Aldershot at home, we did just that. 2-0 win. Aldershot gave a good account of themselves, but Wrexham really could have had more. I mean, first half, they didn't, did they? They were awful. Um, and looked increasingly ordinary, Aldershot. But you, you know, it's not a game where... That won't be a game that people pick out being particularly significant come the end of the season. But actually... Those are the games that you just need to grind out wins from and keep the momentum going. What is that, 11 unbeaten now in all competitions, I think? Um, is it that, maybe? Is it that long ago we played Notts County? It feels like it probably could be right in all competitions, the two Blythe games. Um, and, it, you know, it's just a game you need to win. Aldershot improved second half, but, you know, Luke Rashby Hammond made some brilliant saves. One on Elliot Lee in particular was a splendid save and... And and Mullin, as you saw, raced through, brilliant chip finish. And um, it could have been more in the end, but, you know, another clean sheet, five clean sheets in six now for that defence, particularly pleased for Mark Howard, you know, after his rough start to the season. And, you know, think back to Chesterfield when he came over and apologised just before the second half started, right in front of us, wasn't it, Rich? And, um, yeah, he's looking a lot more solid. Jordan Tunnicliffe, you know, is 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 doing the job and, he, and he's made everyone very comfortable. And, and I, you know... Every time I feel like I talk about Jordan Tunnicliffe, I need to caveat the fact that I still think Max is brilliant and it's never a knock on Max. I just think the age of Jordan Tunnicliffe, the experience he's got, they just feel more comfortable next to him right now. Uh, And he's a different type of defender as well. He's not so much a bring it out from the back, ball playing centre-back that that Max can be and, and has shown himself to be at a really good level. He's more of that kind of... Just get it clear, do the basics right, and uh, and yeah, the fact that everyone around him looks more comfortable that can only be a good thing, and and the defense has profited from that. But yeah, another win, and and back on top. You know, you can't really you can't really argue with it. You'd have imagined Notts County to have beaten Yeovil, given they'd basically given away their tickets for what was it, a fiver, um, and and in the end they didn't. So you know that's Yeovil now drawn with Notts County, us and Chesterfield. So Yeovil have proven themselves to be the men for the big occasion. And like you said there, 11 games now unbeaten. Only three of those have been draws as well. So eight wins. One of those, of course, was against Blythe in that first FA Cup match anyway. So, you know, you don't have to worry too much about that. It's not like you've dropped points. But interesting there, Nath. I mean, you know, we are just winning lots of games now at the moment. And it's so easy to maybe be a bit negative because the Wilton game felt like a step backwards, not just because the performance was dull, but because we lost top spot as well. And like you said, the momentum is back with us now and we are just looking really confident and you can always make a case. We make a case every week that we could drop points in this next home game or whatever, but the fact of the matter is we we aren't doing that. And fans must, we were talking about our sort of uh, Rex and bingo cards, but they must love it when we talk about home form because, you know, (laughs) fifth in the table away from home, 16 points from 30 at home, 30 points from a possible 30. We are relentless. That's, that's definitely on the bingo card, surely. You bringing up the form the form I table. Love the form that's got to be on there. I absolutely love the form tables. But I do echo what you said there on, on Tunnicliffe, really, because Mark Howard, 
hasn't had a lot to do in some of those games. He he has been good in, in, in certain moments and, you know, he, he is still a keeper who has proven a lot of people wrong. There's always going to be a sort of cautiousness about him because he's not Rob Layton and he's always going to be a bit unfairly judged because he's not Rob Layton. He is our favourite. The fans love him. He's been there through thick and thin. He deserves better. He deserves a promotion. But mm. Mark Howard is doing what, what's required of him at the moment. But yeah, Tunnicliffe, he has made the, the huge difference for me. And it is important to say, you know, Max is a top talent, but he's got a lot of playing time ahead of him. He's got yeah. a lot to learn as well. We saw towards last season that there was a lot of good. There are a few teething errors. You do say that in some of those games towards the back end of last season, our left side was particularly targeted. And on occasions, you know, he would step up and he would deliver, but there were moments where, where he struggled. And, you know, the, the end goal for Exeter this season is to get promoted. It's not to give youngsters minutes. And Max Kluwerf isn't just being given, you know, them sort of tokenism it you know, he merits playing football sure but the harsh reality is that right now we've got a player who's playing better and who can't be dropped so i'm all for the competition for places i would have liked to see max given a chance in some of the games particularly the older match when i felt we could have switched things up a bit but you know you can't complain now that's just getting you know a bit too pedantic. We are in fantastic form. The goals were scoring, and Ben Tozer, if that if that effort he puts wide goes in, that is one of the all time great racecourse goals. Yeah, and Ben Tozer just looks brilliant at the minute. And uh, we're talking about Mark Howard weirdly, and we'll get onto this later. Ollie Palmer's been on a podcast um, and and has brought a lot up. But yeah, Mark Howard's nickname is Chomp, um, which I I don't know what other nicknames are in the squad, but yeah, his nickname is Chomp. So if anyone wants to guess why that they is. remind no me idea. of my least favorite part of the job for me which is i mean you might have seen me on sky news this week um thank you I, I did your your hat <laughs> your face was bigger than big ben i don't know it whether was, that was yeah i don't know that i've seen you in real life and i've never seen you next to big ben so i can't say for sure but it seemed like they put your face incredibly large on the screen it was not flattering whatsoever um yeah but proof that i am bigger than government these days you know, <laughs> what i was gonna say is the thing i hated the most about my job is we do sometimes these stories and this is just maybe lifting the, the magician's cloth on sort of modern journalism that if you see a story that looks crap, it is probably doing the best on the website. And for us, it's player nicknames. So we're having to write things like, it, this isn't this isn't true, but an example would be something like, Casemiro reveals Marcus Rashford's nickname at Man United. His nickname will be Rashi. And it's like, wow, am I really writing this? But it will do so well on the website. And but I also, I do want to know why his nickname is Chomp. I don't know. I'm just interested. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm part of the problem for these modern journalists. Chomp's, of course, a sweet that you don't see many. Like, yeah, I was never, I was days. never a fan of Chomp, to be honest. In the, uh, we, we, do, we never even got onto your pick and mix fiasco. We won't bring that up again, did we? Did we even get onto that? No, we didn't. I realised after we didn't. recording. If no you, problem. Yeah. We won't, we won't need to get onto that. But if you do. What was the what was the short version? You went you were covering a game. Pick I went to, yeah okay. We will get into it very quickly. Um, I went to Fulham away with Man United. Um, arrived late, so I was a bit flustered anyway. The seats were that the the press box. You had to walk through the main stand to get there. So I went, dropped my bag off, walked back to get some food. Went to get some food. They gave me a tiny portion. I was like, I need I need some some snacks here. I spied three glass containers of pick and mix in the Fulham press room. Okay. All they had was napkins. And I was like, I'm not going to get a napkin of sweets because I have to then walk through the main stand back up to my seat. By the time I get there, they'll be gone. You can only put two or three sweets 
in a napkin. And this is a pick and mix. You want a bit of everything. So I walked over, got a got a cup of PG tips, um, reusable cup, pulled out the tea bag and walked over the cup to fill it with pick and mix. The woman in charge of the press box came over and said, no, you can't do that. Stole <laughs> the cup off me, told me off in front of the room of journalists and wow. said, no, you have to use the napkin. So I said, okay, I'll use the napkin. It's embarrassing anyway. I was so flustered. I went to scoop out some jelly, ba- jelly beans and accidentally knocked the glass container on the floor. <laughs> Big smash. The glass container's in pieces, jelly beans all over the place. I get told off again. My face is bright red. I am having the worst day of my life. First of all, I got told off for having too many sweets. And then I got told off for ruining the sweets for everyone else. So you just, no... you just threw a paddy. You just threw a paddy and just smashed the glass on the floor. Oh, well, no, I got a handful of. of sour watermelons and went off, uh, <laughs> went oh, off to watch God. the match. But, well, there we yeah. go. Anyway, that, that, that was my point on Chomp. Um, but the, the, the other thing is on, on the older shot win, I say you're just racking them up. You're keeping the pressure on. And it will be it will be nip and tuck, Rich. It will be nip and tuck between us and Notts County. I think there'll be plenty of swapping of those positions, unfortunately. I'd, you know, I'd love to say we'll completely run away with it now, but it just the nature of the league just won't make it like that. It's a good thing that Notts County don't have a game this weekend, so they can't leapfrog us by default, um, given we're in the cup. So that's good. They were meant to play Barnet. That's now been rearranged. And, you know, the, the other thing, Rich, super Paul Mullin does it again. Got the goal and closing in on a on a big landmark at Wrexham. Absolutely, and what a player he is! And again, to lift the the, the cloth uh, at work, we've been asked to vote for our footballer of the year for the full calendar year, and we had to do a podcast this week. And everyone was saying De Bruyne, you know, Son, Saka. I voted Paul Mullins my player of the year because he's the player I've watched this year who's had the biggest impact on me, who's impressed me the most both on and off the pitch, what a role model he is and what an inspiration, likeable person. And yeah, Paul Mullen just, you can almost take for granted, you know, we, we are often called maybe the Paul Mullen team and he's also perhaps a gateway to Wrexham for, for fans who don't follow us closely. And, you know, there's he raised eyebrows when he came, but I just... I just can't express my love for this man enough. He's you saw it on the Bunch of Amateurs, didn't you? On the Bunch of Amateurs episode, they said that it was basically a Paul... Paul Mullins, they didn't sort of say in those exact words, but they sort of intimated that if you can stop Paul Mullin, then you'll be fine. And then obviously they go on to lose 5 0 to Wrexham. Um, so yeah, go this and watch is that the, um, yeah. yeah the, the Dorking video. We had Dorking, them on earlier in the season for the yeah. for the podcast. They came on, they, they document every single game into sort of a bespoke hour long documentary episode. Really well edited, really amazing to watch. But yeah, their manager before we played Dorking earlier this season basically said, Paul Mullen is two leagues above yeah. everyone else and the rest of the Wrexham team are okay. Not not to that extent, but he basically said that Paul Mullen was our only threat. And of course, the funny thing about that game is he didn't even score, did he? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it was Yeah, that was really... I, you know, I was at that game. Um, incredibly comfortable. I, I thought it was really interesting. They were trying to target... Um, down the sides, and you know maybe they would they were looking to try and stretch the centre backs and get behind the wing backs. But go and watch if you haven't. It's it's really interesting seeing the Dorking perspective of that day. We don't get much Wrexham really, but you know it's 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 really good value and, and a great like you say well edited and, and well shot. But yeah, that landmark I'm talking about, Paul Mullin, he's now got 49 goals for Wrexham, so one more and he will be at 50. Will he get that this weekend? I mean, he will hope so. It's uh, it's coming sooner rather than later. And God, I don't know how long it'll be before Aaron Hayden gets there, given the rate he's been going as well, Rich. But 50 goals for Wrexham would be you know, phenomenal return. We saw in the documentary, didn't we, that 
Humphrey had to jokingly stake his job on the fact that Paul Mullen would be a success. And I mean, if he's done that, he might be in line for promotion. And we might be as well, to be honest, because the way Paul Mullen's back in these goals is is ridiculous. And again, for me, it's just the variety of them. I mean, you, t- you think about a classic Paul Mullen strike, it probably is when he's running at the keeper and he hits it really powerful across goal, but he's just got everything in his locker. And we've we said it last season, and it's now such a valid conversation that for many people, he will be their favourite ever Wrexham player. He's going down in history uh, alongside some real great names. Of course, there's the mitigation that it's at a much lower level than, than some of the past heroes of the club. He's not got the trophies to go with it either, but you can only judge him on, on what he's been sort of tasked with and that's scoring goals at this level and he's done it with real ease and yeah, 50 goals. I mean, when we signed Paul Mullen, we had Halle, uh, sorry Cambridge, Cambridge fans saying he's nothing without Wes Houlihan. Yeah, well, I've yeah. not seen Wes Houlihan playing for Wrexham for the last year and a half and he's been just fine. So it's just huge credit to him and Again, there was so much mitigation. I, I've got a friend who, who supports Tranmere and he was saying, well, you're buying a player who's had one season of success, which was, you know, was true to an extent because Mullen's record before that Cambridge promotion campaign wasn't outstanding. He wasn't the type of player you'd say, we have to sign, but he is just enjoying his football, loving life, and he just loves it. He just loves it and we love it and it's just the perfect marriage really and just let's hope we can end it with the trophies to match as well because it would be such a shame if this team didn't do that. But, you know, there's a long way to go. Another one for your bingo card, but I, I am really confident about the position we're in right now. And yeah, bring it on. I guess the only question, which we'll get onto later in the pod, Nath, is do you even bother playing him this weekend? No disrespect to Farnborough, but it is going to be an interesting team selection, that one. And maybe to bring us nicely onto that, well, plenty of you were packed inside the Kairas last weekend to watch Rex and beat Aldershot. Naif, you had a very different day out. I froze myself to near death scouting Farnborough. That's the commitment I'm going to for the Rob Ryan Red podcast. So if you don't follow us, I didn't actually let on on social media, but if you do want to follow us on socials, at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. What else are we on? Facebook, the works, robryanred.com. RobRyanRedGmail.com. Loads of things you can you can get in touch, and I probably need to check the emails before we're done with this episode. But I went down to Hampton and Richmond Borough, FA Trophy second round, to watch Farnborough, and I thought, you know what, let's just have a proper look because I wasn't able to make it back up for the older shot game. So I thought, you know what, what's the next best thing for the podcast? And I thought I would go and watch Farnborough. Rich, it was it was eye opening. It was interesting. It was interesting just to go to a match again. Not in a work capacity, but also not in a capacity where I was emotionally involved either way in the result, you know. It, I was just there purely watching it. And I, you know, I'm no scout or anything like that, but it was it was, it was was really interesting. And um, what, what struck me, a couple of things really struck me. I've got a couple of notes here. A couple of things struck me. I mean, there were only 580 people there, so 579 plus me. Um, Farnborough get the late winner um, in the 90th minute. They're now on a 12-match unbeaten run, so they're slightly ahead of us in their unbeaten run. And they're also in the third round. They got Braintree Town in the next round of the FA Trophy. We'll get on to our draw later. What got me was out of possession, they were sort of playing a back three or a back five with wing backs, which were familiar to us. In possession, they looked like they sort of shifted to a back four, more of a 4-2-3-1. It was really interesting how they were shifting in and out of wing backs. And yeah, that was really interesting. And 
one of the things I hope they still do, maybe they'll change it, but I hope they still do, they marked zonally from corners. Now, you know, anyone who's scouted Aaron Hayden or has watched Aaron Hayden would say that giving him a run and start it is a bad idea. It is a bad idea if you're determined to not concede. And, you know, there were a couple of moments. Hampton and Richmond Borough just didn't have the kind of aerial presence because there were some big lads at the back for Farnborough. You know, one of them being, um, I think his name was Jack Bell, the number two. And, you know, they, they looked pretty, pretty strong. And I also really like their, their right back, I think, right back? Their right back and their captain, um, Ollie Robinson, I think his name was. He has a throw, right? He has a long throw that genuinely might be longer than Ben Tozer's. I don't know. I couldn't tell whether it just... It, somehow it was. I mean, he took one from the halfway line. I kid you not. He took one that was a yard inside the halfway line and it ended up in the six-yard box. I don't know how. It, it absolutely flew. It, it, it probably had a bit more loft to it. It wasn't maybe as flat as Bento's. Ben, Bento's so can zip this in weekend, there. So are we going to see the ball played on the ground at all, or is it just going to be two teams just lobbing the ball into the box? Well, what I would say, what I would say, the, 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 and I'm going to get onto this when we have a conversation in terms of um, you know a, a farmer expert that we've got who, who works on their matchday program, Luke. But the the most interesting thing is they don't. You know, one of their coaches was chatting to a few of us before Ricky Holmes, who's a player coach for them. And he was talking about that they're they're trying they're trying to get somebody in a, you know more of an orthodox national league level striker maybe who's going to drop down to national league south and and someone of that level because they're just lacking that experience up top you know they they're getting players from lower levels and and what they're doing is they've got three quick players or four quick players really I mean the the, the lad up top has Simu I think his name was. And the three behind him, there's a lad called Michael Fernandez. They've just got pure pace, really. Omar Rowe and and Reggie Young, I think they were. So I've done my homework clearly, you can see. And um, really, really rapid. So it'll be really interesting for us because people like Tozer, you know, if we do play that back three, Rich, three picking up one, you know, and it'll be a, overloads in wide areas, and and essentially a pace, a pace run. So if we do bring back Ford or Mendy, which has been mooted as a possibility. It'd be a real test on their, on their hamstrings, I think, coming back because these players had a lot of pace to burn and as Sutton found out in the last round, you know, on the counter-attack, Farnborough looked look good. There wasn't much counter-attacking, I suppose, at the weekend. It was a pretty even game, but yeah, I, I thought the fact that those, they marked zonally on corners was really, really interesting and the fact of the long throw is really interesting. Um, they'll have a right go. They They... The, the fans I spoke to don't really fear Wrexham. They respect us, but they, you know, having beaten Sutton, who are in the league above, I don't think they hold loads of fear coming to the race course. Well, yeah, there's a big difference between respect and fear, and they shouldn't maybe fear us because, you know, we have looked vulnerable at times away from home, but like we said, at home we have looked so brilliant. And it brings us on to what we teased earlier then, doesn't it? And, and that is team selection this weekend because... It might only be Farnborough, and you know that's difficult. We've seen in the World Cup this week, it was only Saudi Arabia, it was only Japan. You know, you can't take anything for granted by any means. But it's a game where typically you'd say maybe you can rest players. There's perhaps no reason to, given the fixture schedule coming up anyway. And Naif, this is such a huge opportunity for Wrexham to get to the third round of the Cup. There is already incredible media excitement, worldwide interest in the club. But if we were to get 
a big Premier League tie in the round in the third round, that would take us to a level we've not seen yet. That would take us to, you know, national news in the UK as well. And we've had that in moments, but if we could have a game, you know, on BBC One, all the eyes of the UK watching, millions of viewers have it beamed across the world as well, and it's against one of the Premier League's elite. That is the possibility we're playing for. It's not for granted. We could lose. We could win and end up getting another National League side. You yeah. know, that is the lottery, but we have the chance to dream. And you do sense that there is this desire from the owners in particular for us to give the FA Cup a real good go. Phil Parkinson, the cup specialist, of course, after what mm-hmm. he's done in the past, particularly with Bradford City. Surely, surely there is so much incentive for Exmouth weekend that we go full strength again. I think I think the players feel that as well, you know. I think I think there's a real appetite to have a good run in the FA Cup. You know, we didn't get that last season. We stumbled through the Marine game, didn't we? Those Marine games, plural. And and we ended up losing against Harrogate. And you know, I think I think the owners particularly, like you say, it was the one thing missing, wasn't it, from the documentary really, an FA Cup run. And what you know, what drawing what getting through to the third round would mean anyway. You know, we've had the second round draw at the race course. Getting a Premier League team would be unbelievable, not just for the players, but, you know, think of the memories we got when Mark Carrington scored at Stoke or when Adrian Chislovich scored at Brighton. You know, people talk about Arsenal in 92 and, and West Birmingham, Ham. And West you know, Ham, Birmingham, you know, other, you know, that when we, you know, should have got past... Chesterfield in the in the quarterfinals or you know the, all these different things of big games they're all the FA Cup and um, you know they're all that that it's where the great memories are and you know with all due respect to Farnborough and a great club and 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 run a good run and they're improving all the time this is a golden opportunity and one that I'm sure all the players. Will, will not want to throw away. And so that I, I don't envision or expect much change. I would imagine Mark Howard plays again. I would imagine you get the same back three, Tony Cliff, Toza, Hayden. I I don't know. I, I have a feeling that he may play Anthony Ford. I think Riesel Johnson would be a good shout at right wing back, but I think he might bring Ford back in. I think he'll go with McFadzian again. Just give Mendy a little bit more time, and I think you'll you'll see the usual suspects. Elliot Lee's playing well. You know, could have been man of the match at the weekend against Aldershot. Wasn't. I think it'll be Lee, um, Lee Lee Jones and Young. I'd love to see Davis play. I think he can offer a lot, and you know he's chomping at the bit to to get out there again and 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 play. So I'd, I'd be happy with Elliot or or Jordan, and it's going to be, you know, the 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 bromance up top, uh, Palmer and Mullen. So. I mean, Ollie Palmer was resting the last game, wasn't he, against Oldham? I, I just don't see it this time. There's so much on the line. What about you? Any any obvious changes for you? I suppose the wing-backs are the ones where that's where we've had probably the most injuries in recent weeks. Yeah, and to bring fans up to date, you might have missed this quote in the week from Phil Parkinson speaking to Leader Rich. He said, Fordy and Mendy are both very close and we are hoping to get them involved for the weekend in some part. So obviously there'll be late fitness tests there. We'll see to what degree. But I do think that even during this winning run we've had and the unbeaten run, Rawash, I say, there has still been a noticeable drop-off 
in quality at wing back and I think that Ford and Mendy are just a class above from anything else we've got in terms of those two positions so I think as soon as they're fighting fit they will both be back in there but like you said it's just whether you can risk them from the start I think it will be dictated by just how well they get through training this week if there's any risk of of the injuries being you know sort of hurt again and you don't I mean aggravated I mean you don't have any setbacks do you because we've got such a busy festive fixture schedule on the horizon anyway that you know it's very unlikely that they would take a risk in 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 this game but yeah we'll see on that and again speaking in terms of the other sort of injuries um Bryce Azana Parkinson said there's still some damage there so we will know more once he's actually seen a specialist and has an MRI scan MRI Um, scan yeah Harry Lennon and Reese Hall Johnson, they played against Stoke City in midweek, a reserve cup match, a drawn game. Um, and Rob Langton, again, is someone who played in that match and will be getting closer and closer to getting back into the first team frame. But as we said at the start of the pod, you can't really drop Mark Howard until there's reason to. So you'd suspect that all three of them, really, Lennon, Hall Johnson and, and Langton, really, they have to wait for there to be reason to to bring them into the first team and they're all quality players who can offer something but still a bit down the pecking order. Nathan, in terms of Farnborough then, it's not just yourself who's been watching them, you've got some insight from the opposition camp as well. Yeah, I mean, me alone doing a scout and report on Farnborough wouldn't be much use to to the listeners really, would it? Um, And, you know, quickly on that Farnborough, ESPN Plus in the US, we broke that story, Rob Ryan Red and S4C if you're in the UK maybe you get it in Ireland as well will it will it go there I know it's geo locked and all that sort of thing so S4C ESPN plus and I saw a lot of people saying what about Canada and also Rich quickly before I get on to this Farnborough chat did you see that 57 Canadians have managed to I don't think they're all coming over from Canada they're all dotted all over the place but I mean it is mad isn't it some of these stories of people we get tagged all the time and people that have come over from God knows where, and uh, yeah, I hope they have a great day. I think they're having, I think they might be having some kind of Thanksgiving dinner at the Plas Cork. So new, new one on me at least. Well, after this podcast, I am actually making my first ever pecan pie. So let's really, hope that I can you, get into what, sort of Thanksgiving. Inspired mode. by the Bake Off, or I've just been growing a pecan pie. To be honest, I went out. I'm, okay. the, the tragedy is, I went out and bought a sort of like a pre-cooked pastry case Ooh. and then realised it was actually sponge and not pastry. So I've oh, just no. had to put some short crust pastry in the fridge while I'm recording this podcast. And then maybe if go. it's a success, we can tweet a picture on Rob Ryan Red towards the end of the week. But if you don't ever hear of this pecan pie again, it has been an absolute <laughs> disaster and it shall never be mentioned again. Well, but... we should also say that your cat was the star of an episode and has never returned since. I don't know whether... Um, Crumpet was sick of us or, or what because you know very much welcome to return but while actually we're, while shooting we're think- Deadpool 3 at the moment sadly so. <laughs> okay there you go one of the extras well I'll tell you what let me get on to then uh, Luke who I spoke to a fan and a designer designer slash editor does the whole thing uh, Borough View the official program of Farnborough so he's a man that knows all all to do with Farnborough and here is what he had to tell me about their recent form and what they expect about Wrexham at the weekend Luke, let's start then, talking about Farnborough. I had a quick look, 
12 games unbeaten. That's even better than Wrexham. Wrexham, I think we're 11 games unbeaten now, all competitions. On the face of it, it looked like Farnborough had a really tough start to going into the National League South. And yet, is it all coming together? Is it all clicking at the right time for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there's a, a lot to be kind of uh, happy about so far this season for Farnborough fans. Um, and uh, just as you said, like the, the team seem to be gelling now. Um, we've got a, f- a few lads who have come in sort of on loan, which has helped, you know, quite a bit as well. But then what it's meant is the, the core team there is so competitive for anyone else trying to get into it, you know, on the fringes or come back from injury that um, it's created like quite a, um, you know, competitive kind of um, edge to it. But, you know, the, the players that are starting um, week in, week out are kind of holding their positions at the moment for the most part. And I, like I said, I've, I've already well spoken about this, but I, I went down and watched Farnborough play at Hampton and Richmond Borough in the FA Trophy. You've obviously had your FA Trophy draw We're recording this just after you've got Braintree Town, we've got Scunthorpe. We're maybe not as fussed about it, but, you know, it was a game where I, the first thing that struck me about watching Farnborough for the first time was, like ourselves, you have a monster long throw. Is it? I'm going to forget his name now. Ollie Robinson or something like that. The, the number yeah. five, the captain. It has a. There was one in particular where he was basically on the halfway line near where the dugouts are, and it ended up. I thought in the six yard box. I mean, it, it was a. It's a real weapon that for you. Definitely, is it certainly caused teams a lot of um, problems this season, um, and it is quite relentless. I think if uh, you know the coaching staff have, have done their homework on the opposition and and realize that they may be slightly weaker in the in their you know final uh in their first third um then yeah why not you know sling it in and, and see what happens we've got some you know fairly decent guys in the air uh, a couple of defenders who come up from the back standardly um so yeah it, it definitely uh, offers a dimension that we didn't perhaps have in the past few seasons and i think it's been um, you know, quite an asset so far this season. For Wrexham fans who maybe aren't too familiar, you know, if they're new getting into the FA Cup and everything like that, talk us through, you know, Farnborough's FA Cup run mm-hmm. because it obviously slightly, slightly longer than just a first and a second round that, you know, it's it's been a couple more steps to get to this point for you guys. Yeah, so uh, we we had um, a team that was familiar to us uh, to start off with in Swindon Supermarine, um, who were you know really strong team last season, uh, and that was that was away, um, so did really well there. I think we, I think it was something like four nil or something like that. Um, mm. So you know we got a few goals. I think we should, maybe on paper we were thinking it could be uh, tougher than it was, but I think we turned up on the day, and actually that's that um, stadium is one where. In the past, even in the league when we were doing well, we went there and, and didn't actually get anything. We seemed to go ahead and then get beaten most times. So that was nice to get over that one. Um, and then in the next next round, we um, actually drew Hayes and Yedin, who were the um, our position in the final in a in a playoff final last season. So again, like another tough draw um, because. It seems strange that we made it out of the league last season, but we're then drawing all the teams back in, um, you know, this season in the FA Cup. So, um, you know, again, that was a tough one. Um, We ended up uh, getting a draw um, and going for a replay. And then we won the replay um, at Hayes and Yedin on a Tuesday night. 
um, you know, pretty convincingly. Um, and, you know, that set us up then for uh, Biggles Wade, who are a team that we we did used to play a few seasons ago when uh, we played in a slightly lower division. Um, and, you know, as you, you guys will know yourselves, like it, it is really tough when you end up playing teams who you don't know too much about. They play maybe a level or two below you. And, um, you know, that was at home for us then. Um, so our uh, our second one at home in the, in the FA Cup this season. Um, and yeah, we you know, we won that really convincingly as well. So, you know, a lot of goals scored actually. And, um, you know, then that, that kind of set us up for the, what was it by that time? It was like round two, is it? I mean, this this is this is the second round now. So I'm trying to think who you you know who yeah. you. Have. There's round. so many so many rounds. That's that set you up for the first yeah. round. Like you're right. That's so, it for yeah. the first round. First round was Sutton United, and um, you know then we're talking about a, a league team, um, and so I guess uh, most fans and and um, maybe even some of the players were thinking, you know, we can go there and and just give it our best shot. Um, and thankfully, um, you know, the coaching staff, again, had a bit of a game plan for that. Um, and we managed to kind of, you know, get some goals. Uh, one at the very end was like a counter-attack when Sutton had pushed all the way up because we'd initially gone 1-0 uh, up from uh, a long throw. So, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was an amazing experience. Um, we, I think we averaged around five, 600 at Farnborough. And uh, we took about 500, you know, over 500, I think, there. Um, it was a great atmosphere uh, all the way through. And obviously, when we scored, the place went crazy. Well, I mean, the, the, at Sutton, it was two late goals, wasn't it? One was deep in stoppage time, but the first yeah. one was not till 86, 87, something like that. Yeah. At Hampden and Richmond Borough, that was 90, maybe 89. It was, you know, so I think what Wrexham fans should be aware of, if the game is in the balance, we're very much going to hope it is long done and dusted, but if it is in the balance, you've shown that you have got that at least belief, if not resilience to kind of go right to the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, absolutely. I think it's credit to the, the kind of um, fitness of the players, um, determination, also discipline. Um, it's something that, you know, even if last season when we were competing to get out of the league, we were sort of taking it all the way to the 90, 90 plus minutes. Um, you know, because sometimes it is really hard to, to break down teams, especially when they maybe set up defensively um, well. And yeah, so yeah, we <laughs> maybe an advanced one and we we do tend to go to the to the last minute. So one of, one of the things that when I was at the game and speaking to a couple of fans that they're I suppose their worry or main frustration is that they feel like maybe they're lacking a more orthodox, classic non-league striker. I mean, you know, you had Casimu, is it, up, for, up front, um, who was leading the line. He scored at Hampton Richmond Borough. And it looked like, to me, there were three players off him, or at least two off him. I think it, one was Fernandez on, on one side, good pace. He scored at, at Sutton. And maybe Omar Rowe, I think these are the one or something along the I'm getting the names right. I'm doing well here. I'm getting some good names. <laughs> um, and there was another lad, maybe number 11, uh, not Yates, maybe Yates. Uh, Young, Reggie Young. Reggie Young, there you go. Not quite. No, they need a clean sweep. Uh, Reggie Young was, it looked like there was a lot of interchange there, kind of all pacey type players, but maybe you don't have that. It went, you know, for us, when we got Ollie Palmer, it changed it changed our outlook. It, would you say that that's kind of 
Farnborough situation at the minute maybe could do with a little bit more in attack? I think that um, over the, the season so far, we started off with um, a couple of lads who you would assume would, would fall into that position nicely. And for whatever reason, um, it didn't happen uh, a couple of times with them uh, and they've sort of gone out on loan or moved on. And, um, you know, the the players that you just mentioned have all been kind of the consistent um, players involved in the in the forward line. Um, and as, as I think as much as we kind of lack the, like you say, the more traditional setup up front, um, what we do offer um, with the, you know, the tricky pacey players and mm-hmm. some like Omar Rowe, who um, <laughs> seems to a lot of the time go straight through people, you know, dances through. Uh, and and Hish just recently, um, you know, getting on in the end of things like he did against um, uh, Hampton and Richmond at the weekend. Um, it we're starting to get that sense that there, there's something clicking, and um, so uh, we had Francis Amati on loan from Aldershot, who um, now has has just gone and appeared against us against Hampton uh, at, at Hampton and Richmond, um, and he was the guy up front, extremely pacey, had like a a one-on-one with uh, yeah. race, race with uh, Reggie Young, which, I mean, when he goes, he just looks like a sprinter, like 100-meter 100, 100 sprinter because, you know, he's super solid, really strong, and, you know, he's a great striker. But um, for whatever reason, we can we can um, keep him at Farnborough. Um, and, yeah, he's he's gone back to Aldershot. I think he's gone back out so uh, to keep getting his fitness up. So um, I don't know if someone else might come in, um, you know, in, in a kind of... Christmas period perhaps but at the moment thankfully we're kind of getting the results and stuff yeah um, I was saying it because if it's just it'll be interesting in terms of how our defense yeah deal with just a different type of operation typically you know they're, they're going to win aerial duels I, I don't think you know I know you, you they've got the long throw and everything when you can get some of the big lads up but really you're not targeting those front players from what I saw like I say very small sample size off one game but it, it'll just be a different threat. And what I couldn't work out, and maybe you'll be able, you should be able to shed some light on this, you know, <laughs> I couldn't really work out. At times, it looked like it was a back three with wing backs, you know, kind of young, and then it looked like it was a back four at times. Is it is it that kind of fluid, or, or was I just not understanding the tactics, which is very very possible? No, I think you're absolutely right. It is quite fluid. It seems quite interchangeable. I think it it very much depends on how people set up against us as well and, and um the the lineup at the start um versus what we suddenly come against. Um, you know, fortunately, um with the, the manager and the coaches, including obviously Ricky Holmes, that you mentioned um, you know, yeah. before we started recording, was like, you know, his um wealth of experience as well as someone like Sammy Deering who who plays in the middle you know um they're ex-league players um and you know they're able to to understand the game from a, from a whole different perspective and I think that really helps with with Ricky's input as well of, of of making sure that you know when things have to change um you know they do so yeah, it it is is uh, it can be complicated to watch because like you know <laughs> speaking of Reggie and the foot race the other day, like you know he was switched from completely the other side. Yeah, and was tracking back and doing his bit, and um, you know it's a credit to the players because they all put in you know their shift, they all put in one hundred and ten percent, and that's why at the moment it's so difficult to break into that starting eleven for the lads on the on the bench each week. Yeah, it was just interesting because we you know we will definitely go with that three five two, and so you do wonder yeah. whether. Robinson, Ball, and Fern—they were kind of the 
quite big lads, dominant big lads that, you know, I think will relish the battle with Oli Palmer. But I guess on, on the wider tie, then lots of excitement, especially from Farnborough fans I was speaking to at the weekend. And even the players, when they were walking out to have a look around, were talking about don't want to get injured for Wrexham and, you know, want to be fit for Wrexham. We saw the clip on social media of the fans reacting to it. What has been the build-up like? What's been the mood in the fan base? Lots of excitement, sold lots of tickets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's there's still tickets being sold. Obviously, I had a quick look last night on the um, you know ticket selection, um, and I, I think there was still some available, um, which hopefully will shift. I think it's mainly to do with the transport and people working out how they're going to get up there. Um, mm. It's getting slightly closer to Christmas, and now it has been announced. It's obviously on the telly, so that may affect it uh, people's decision just a little bit. I think. Um, I was speaking to one guy um, at the weekend who had a few beers and he was sort of saying, oh, I don't know what to do because I could save, you know, save a lot of money, uh, sit at home and watch it. But like if we manage to pull off something at Wrexham, then he wants to be in amongst it. And, um, you know, I, I usually, um, you know, would would go up um, and be his part of the media team, but I've managed to um, sort of get a ticket just inside with all the fans because I'm exactly the same. I just want to you know, want to experience that right in the middle. Um, and, and yeah, we're just going to see how we do on the day. Um, but yeah, I expect him plenty to travel and, and a good like cup atmosphere, you know, maybe some balloons. I don't know about face paint. <laughs> um, I think we're playing in white, white and blue um, because uh, against Sutton, you know, that was the colours. I think we're sticking to that. We stuck to that um, on the road in Braintree so that the clean sheets continued with a lucky kit. Um, and um yeah, d- yeah. Don't know about face paint, but definitely that plenty of yellow and blue, plenty of um, yeah, white and blue. Um, and yeah, hoping to just make it a nice, good traditional FA Cup atmosphere. What what would it to get to the third round if you know Wrexham going as heavy favourites, and there is that element of complacency in the fan base that we're already talking up. You know, who could we get in the third round? Is always a danger. You know, Sutton would have expected to progress, and they would have liked you know a big tie. They're now out, obviously what you know how how big would it be for the club to to get into the third round of the FA Cup but you know for context maybe for any international fan who's listening the last word we'll say on this you know how big an achievement would it be for Farnborough to get to the third round of the FA Cup yeah absolutely huge yeah really um probably the the biggest thing in the um the reform reform club's history um we do have a a history as as Farnborough town before um you know, went into administration and, and reformed. Uh, we managed to get to the third round previously and um, beat Darlington um, to to set up a tie with Arsenal. Um, it was meant to be a home and they switched it to Highbury. So that's, you know, historically, if you're old enough um, to to remember that run, um, that's always now used as a, a benchmark. But for the younger fans or for the newer fans, you, you know, and us both with Arsenal. Then we were sure. Arsenal and the FA Cup. That's, uh, <laughs> that's always our go-to one. There we go. So yeah, I, th- I just think it's it's such a, a lovely um, occasion for for younger fans, for families as well, newer fans to experience like a, a cup run, which you know we haven't had for quite a while actually. So um, every round that our managers uh, got past has been you know his first since we uh, got past Biggles Wade. So to go to Sutton and get a result, and and now to be looking at heading to Wrexham and, and just try and give you guys a as tough a game as possible and like we did at Sutton and, and just see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a great occasion no matter what. And, you know, hopefully more history is made, but I think we'll all have smiles on our faces no matter what, as long as the players put in a shift and, and, and try and do their best. 
Rich, you know, Luke's going to be up there and he's very excited for it. And, uh, you know, I think there'll be lots of yellow and blue and there'll be a good atmosphere, good cordial atmosphere between between the fans. You obviously know from sitting in the tech end, you've got a good view of the away fans. It, it'll just be important, won't it, for ourselves to just get an early goal and, and try and kill the kill the upset factor. You know, the longer it stays nil-nil, the, the more the fear grows, I guess, from the home side. Absolutely. And it'll be that fear that we hope to pray off if we get a good draw in the third round you know this is another match where we've got to deal with the tag of being the favorites you know that's something that we've become accustomed to we're getting much better at particularly at home there's always these games like we said where you can make the argument that you know we won't turn up or the opposition will will psych us out but I did feel like that maidenhead game earlier in the season was a real turning point it was the type of game that Previously, we wouldn't have got through unscathed. Obviously, Mullen misses the penalty. It was a bit shaky, a bit gritty at times, but we did it. We won. And I do think that at home, it's so difficult to see us lose if we put out our strongest team. So, you know, yeah, all credit to them. They've got a free hit, but every team in the league has a free hit when they come to the race course. And I think if you go for a gung-ho approach, that's the best way of getting at us. Like you said, if they've got fast strikers who can exploit the space, then, then bring it on. But... Yeah, if if if, it's, if they come and sit back and adopt the underdogs tag too much and just invite pressure on, then it just seems inevitable that that we will punish them given the quality that we have. I mean, it's FA Cup and it might be National League South against National League sort of Premier, but for them it is in fact it, it, you could you could argue for them it's like drawing a League One or League Two team already. Mm. It, it is a massive gulf in quality really and. That's no disrespect to them. It's because we've spent so much money. The pressure is all on us. and All on us. Pressure yeah. is a privilege. We've got to go and deliver now. But I'm feeling confident that we will do that. And I am backing us to win this weekend. I mean, look, we're at the race course. And Rich, this I don't know if you saw this. We did share it on Twitter. Um, it is a poem. Do you see this? From uh, Neil Smith, who left us a lovely review. And we know Neil and doing great work with kind of getting local artists played at the race course before games. So all that music you hear, all local, and, and Neil's a big part of that. His mum, Sandra, wrote a poem about her first Wrexham game. I'm going to read it. I thought it was brilliant, actually. So she's written the poem, Come On You Reds. Good title already. She wrote, My first football match, Wrexham FC, a fair-weather fan, I may add, but wrapped up warm on a cold Tuesday night, enthused but most suitably clad. I joined the ranks of those football buffs amid a red sea of fans, floodlights reflecting the emerald turf down below from my seat in the stands. Swept up in a sea of excitement, anticipation hung in the air. The players kicked off fast and furious, a palpable passionate affair. Carried away by the atmosphere, totally transfixed from the start, the anthems and chants gained momentum, choice vocals that came from the heart. So my first game ended victorious, safe in the back of the net. We slowly made way to the exits, an experience I'll never forget. How good is that? That's great. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And so good. Maybe Nathan Salt's Poetry Corner can become a regular feature. They read it, the they read it I mean, well. Yeah, I, I think as well, just a call to arms. If anyone's got any content they want out there sort of promoting to a, a wider audience, you've got anything you've made Wrexham related, then feel free to send it to us on social media. Or It's a good chance for us to, you know, spread it to a wider audience and, and make sure that it's seen. But yeah. Well, talking of the email, Rich, n- n- well, I appreciate that you're saying I'm a poet, but I don't know it. But talking to the email, Nigel actually got in touch. I know Nigel sits in the tech end. We posed last week, didn't we, on the podcast? 
you know, will people move to the, you know, we had a big debate, didn't we, about will people leave their seats in the tech end or the Yale or, or the cold road and, and will they move to the cop? And Nigel got in touch and put, hi, both. Great show as always. Interesting piece on the new cop. We sit in the tech end, as you know now, and we are in the upper tech front row nearest to the away fans. Our two rows have a WhatsApp group to keep in touch away from the match days, and we're going to use that group close to the time to coordinate seats together. We're a proper tech end family. I know you know, you know you've given Dewey a shout out a couple of times, but it is great, isn't it? Just just a quick word on before we get on the FA Trophy draw. You do just get to know the people you sit around when you're a season ticket holder, and you know, it, or if you go away regularly, you see the same faces. I think even if Wrexham, you know, flies up the, up the ranks, and there's all these new fans, and that you know, we're so grateful to have all the support there are those familiar faces that that keep it that kind of family atmosphere which i think is brilliant at the minute i, I guess on the on the flip side it's that you know if i move to the the cop as i plan to when that's opened up i might be sat next to someone else and i'm sure they'll become part of the wider Wrexham family and people yeah. i know and chat to on the match day so you know yeah we're very lucky to to have the supporters we do and it's so good that it's so welcoming as well because it's not just that we've got this exposure and we've got worldwide fans who have come to the games now. It's the fact that they feel welcome and want to come back and continue to do so. You know, we are very hospitable and welcoming and want to make sure that they feel a part of the club. There's always going to be a few who aren't maybe not not approving, but maybe don't open have come to them with open arms because, you know... It is just sort of an elite club problem, isn't it? Having worldwide fans yeah, and welcoming supporters from across the globe. But it's just so good for the town, the community and the football club that it's it's great to see them feel so included. And uh, yeah, wherever you are in the world, listen to this as well. Thank you very much as well. It, it means a lot to us. Rich, I guess then, as a final kind of, to kick off a final segment, FA Trophy draw now. Lots of people very bemused the fact we even have to play a game, but we are obliged to play one, at least. Home draw, Scunthorpe United. Um, what were your immediate thoughts on that? Happy. Uh, it's it's difficult though, isn't it? I mean, of all the teams we could have got, I wanted someone local to Manchester if possible, and, and then if not, a home game that I could actually get to and you know I am off that game so I probably will attend anyway and I think that is the game where you rest players and you I'm not saying put out the kids not maybe the, ra- the Rangers thing. away trip in the Tonics Caramel Wafer Challenge that, Cup that's but the, I missed that trophy I missed that competition the Tonics Caramel Wafer Cup and if, you, if you're a new fan definitely go and look back at that sort of bonkers but Rich that's the thing do you go with that under 18 under 20 side or or do you go with, do you treat it as a kind of fitness I see. builder? I, th- I think you basically play the team who, who played in the reserves in midweek against Stoke. I think we've got such depth and quality now and so many players who, who have a reasonable chance to be playing that you can still put out a decent second string side where the end sort of goal and the, you know, the, the sort of ultimate reason you're playing the game isn't just to win it, it's to give these players meaningful minutes and if we just quickly go through the team that played against Stoke in yeah, yeah. the Central Cup, Central League Cup on Tuesday, it was Rob Layton, Reese Hall Johnson, Rowan Davis, Harry Lennon, Ryan Austin, Scott Butler, Max Clearworth in midfield, Will Mountfield, Kai Evans, and Dan Jones, and sorry, and Jake Bickerstaff. So I think you can play that sort of team. And then if there's players coming back from injury, 
I think you can put a bit of a mixture where you've got some seasoned pros who who need minutes and a few of the youngsters who have a point to prove. I, th- I think you I think you mix. I think look, if I was picking that team tomorrow, if we were playing Scunthorpe this weekend, I would say, and maybe I won't run through the whole team, but I would say I would have Rob Layton in there. Obviously, I would have. I'd, have I'd probably have. Dolby I'd probably up have. Top. I'd probably have Mendy in there for forty-five. You know, just give him half. Give him a half just to get it under his belt, and then you can put someone else on if you want. Um, I would probably have Reese or Johnson there. Try and get him ninety through that. Also, they spelt Reese. They spelt it uh, R H Y S on the team sheet, which is bizarre. But um, maybe he's been Reese or Johnson longer than we thought. Yeah, I I would have Scott Butler in there. You know, as a as a centre back for sure. I would have Harry Lennon and who was it? Who else played at centre back for us? Uh, Ryan Austin. Yeah, I'd be happy with it. Go with that back three or put Max Even back Max, in there. Yeah. yeah, put Max in there. What I would do different to the midweek one, I'd probably play somebody like a Tom O'Connor. I'd probably play someone like a Tom O'Connor. I would probably, right now, if it was happening, I would probably play Jordan for 45 just to give him some minutes because, you know, it, that FA Trophy game, I think it's three days after the Chesterfield game. So I would say anyone not involved in that, I would play. Because otherwise you've gone a whole week without any sort of meaningful minutes. Um, so I think if you've been involved in that, you definitely don't play. You obviously don't play Mullin, um, Palmer, Lee, you know, anyone who's, who's going to be a regular starter, Howard, Tozer, Hayden, Tonnecliffe. Bicker staff maybe. And I think you'd want to see Kai Evans, wouldn't you? You'd want to see Kai Evans play in that number 10 role. You'd want to see Dolby start. You know, I just think a little sprinkle of experience here or there wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing, because I think those younger players can learn in a match setting playing with someone like a Tom, you know, a midfield Tom O'Connor. If you've got Will Mountfield next to him or Tom Jenkins, or you know, I'd love to see Dan Davis play. I know he, he happy birthday to him belatedly. He just turned eighteen. There's a lot of players there that that would get minutes, but for me, I wouldn't completely. I'm not saying I want a deep run in the FA Trophy, but I wouldn't completely phone it in and just put out a load of 17, 18-year-olds. I personally wouldn't do that, and I don't think Parkinson will do that. No, neither do I. I, I think it will be that mixture. And at the time of recording, Scunthorpe, second from bottom in the National League, 15 points from 20 games. He's going to go to his form charts again. Scunthorpe have the worst away record in the National League. They have taken four points from 10 games away from home this season. So Wrexham Surely they'll still go be... for it. Surely they'll yeah, go for well, it. Like, they may as well go full strength. They may as well. And to have something to cheer about. You know, it's going to be their first season back in the in the FA Trophy. So I think that, you know, for them, it's going to be a free hit again. But from Wrexham's point of view, if we lose, we lose. But we've probably still yeah. got enough strength and depth exactly. to to not lose that game if we if we play a weakened side. But of course, we will preview that game properly once we get close to it because we will be recording the podcast after that Chesterfield game and before the Scunthorpe trip as well. So we'll bring you that one once it's closer to the time. Now, Nath, people don't just listen to Rob Brown Red as their only podcast, believe it or not. And uh, Ollie Palmer's <laughs> been on another one this week. Said some interesting things. I know you watched it. Um he was doing this sort of World Cup watch-along, wasn't he? And there was, yeah, he covered a lot of ground, as he, he does on the pitch. Fir- firstly, he covered a lot of ground. Firstly, um, when are they going to release the shackles and let us loose with a player? Because it's getting ridiculous now. I mean, you know, this is a call to arms. If anyone has any influence, let us interview these players, because two hours on this... I listened to Ollie Palmer get interviewed for two hours by people who knew nothing about Wrexham. So that's my great Rich, first and foremost. 
Um, I've got that out of my system. I feel I feel a bit better actually now, having got that out of my system. I feel relaxed. Uh, but he was very interesting. And the first thing I'm going to say is after the Farnborough game, it is the Wrexham first team players Christmas party in Dublin. Now, the first thing he said about that was it's fancy dress on the Sunday. So I assume they'll go on the Saturday night. They're also there on the Sunday. They've probably got the Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Um, Sunday's fancy dress. So they had to pick out of a hat and apparently it was sport related. So rugby or I assume track athlete or something like that. Different, various different sports. And he picked out and he pulled out ballerina as his fancy dress. Now, immediately wasn't keen on that pick of fancy dress. Didn't fancy prancing around doubling in a tutu. So he paid, this is what he says, he paid £50 to redraw. And so he ended up pulling out an Irish rugby player. So I think he's had it. I think he's been let off there. I don't know who's going to end up being a ballerina. Elliot Lee, maybe, light on his feet. I don't know. I don't know who would be a good ballerina in the squad. Aaron Hayden used to do ballet, actually, when he was at Wolves as a kid. So maybe he it should explains have done it. why he's so good. I mean, it is one of those sort of maybe old school things you joke about, but so many elite players now these days have this background where they've not just played football. You know, it is a real important part to have these other sporting sort of skills. And you know, from being a, a, a having sort of any sort of ballet background, you've got to be light on your feet. You're going to be able to maybe reach balls oh, that other people totally. can't. So. It, yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of you know experience and crossover skills from that. But yeah, that does sound eventful. Let's hope that they've beaten Farnborough. Otherwise, let's hope. A God. very interesting trip to Dublin. I've never been to Dublin, but I would imagine they would be able to... God, I wonder if... Um, it was Because Rob was filming, wasn't he? Part of Always Sunny in, in Ireland. So I wonder if he's hooked them up with anything special. They were also talking about if we go up, if we get promoted, which hopefully we do, touch wood, touch on my desk now, the the trip apparently seems to be Las Vegas. That seems the big plan, the big promotional party. Um, so hopefully they get that. I know there was a lot of well, weirdly as well in the in the podcast. I thought this was quite a strange thing to come out with, but it, I mean he said it anyway. Um, talking about last preseason, you know, it was really the club got criticised. I think rightly so for kind of how, um, kind of what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you know, kind just kind of mishmashed last minute. this. Yeah, yeah, last minute mishmashed. I, I, I kind of, well, I kind yeah, of. There was clear mitigation last season that they didn't know when the campaign was ending, so they didn't know how right. long they had to prepare for the new season. So, but from there, it was plans, it, it was a yeah. mess from one thing after the other. Then, it, then a team got COVID, and then they were scrambling to get a team, and it all. Well, anyway, Ollie Palmer in this podcast, Pitch Side, I think it was called, claimed that America was all booked. Miami for five days, Philadelphia for five days. He claims that was all booked. And, yeah, his his opinion, that's all it was. He didn't state it as a fact. He said his opinion was it got pulled because we didn't get promoted. Now, we had Humphrey on, didn't we, um, after the, a year of the takeover. And he, I mean, he didn't let on anything about America. So maybe there have been some cross-wires there. But, hey, look, that's what he said. Well, it wouldn't surprise um, me at all. But you've obviously got to book these things well in advance. Surely, like, I don't think they'd have pulled view, it, They will be booking next summer's preseason tour now but, but from Rexon's point of view they didn't know when the season was going to end so if we'd won the league I think that tour still goes ahead but the fact that it went over in extra few weeks we had the trophy final as well it yeah. just meant that everything got knocked back and then you've got to pull the the US tour there were still probably very strict COVID restrictions and applications to to get the squad over there and by the time that's done the season's nearly upon us so we had to go for for Spain instead and you know it, 
maybe didn't work out the way he wanted it to, but I think that is inevitable. We will be stateside very it's soon. Surely, surely. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you know the Austin FC, Matthew McConaughey, they want a game. LAFC with Will Ferrell will definitely. We want might a as game. well just enter the MLS at this rate. Yeah, everyone wants <laughs> well, to play us. Oh, I'm not going to get into that. There's some there's some uh, wild, I'd say, wild takes on the quality of MLS football compared to the National League, which uh, blew my mind. But let's go listen to it. And I, the last thing I'd say on it, Rich, is two hours long. There's lots in there. He's very complimentary about the fan base. He, you know, he's very complimentary about the area and talks defensive about... of the club as well because there's that yeah, comment that we, that we tweeted again Rob Ryan read on Twitter where he was saying you know people get jealous they say F Wrexham but he said what about all the bad times we had this is a team that used to play in Europe show them some respect basically you know yeah. we are a team that it's envy people are jealous of us but at the end of the day I don't mind that people hate us again because that shows you we love it every right. week you come up with this every you say you love it don't you you love the fact that we're hating now well it shows that people fear us and they don't yeah. want us to be successful where in the yeah. past people pitied us and said poor old rex and they've been down there for so long they deserve a chance they just their fans deserve better yeah, yeah. and then fans are saying oh, i hate Wrexham. i hate how confident they are and how much they're loving it and he was, bring he was it very on. defensive bring about that on. he was yeah he was very defensive about that and i'll say the last little nugget that really stood out for me there were, there's honestly it's two hours long there's loads in there but he does have a, a, a private whatsapp group with he seemed like he's in lots of whatsapp groups which you know we're all in but ollie palmer is in one with paul mullin and rob McElhenney. then he's in a different one with ryan and paul mullin uh apparently there's one with all the first team staff that the players never respond to and then there's one chaotic one which is just the players so yeah, you can make your mind up on uh, on on the the WhatsApp chats and yeah, he was he you know he really opened up and I think he was very very relaxed um, when he was on there two hours watching Germany, Japan and answered lots and lots of questions. He said that you know Aaron Hayden does jump higher than Cristiano Ronaldo. He said that for a fact and confirmed what we'd said a, a few months ago on the podcast, Rich, that Harry Lennon is the fastest player at the football club. So. Yeah, loads in there. Go and listen to it. Pitch side on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure the pitch side guys are going to be plugging us, but nonetheless, we'll plug them. Ollie Palmer on there for two hours, and uh, and hopefully we get our shot soon at grilling some of these players because uh, you know you learn so much about them when they're able to open up like that. Yeah, it would be excellent. And with a hundredth podcast on the horizon now, oh, it's coming up. Let's hope we can uh, get something special organised for that. But Hyungmin yeah. Son maybe after after what a story that was by the way, Sonny. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't mention that. I mean, I think there'll be a few Wrexham fans cheering South Korea on when they uh, begin their World Cup campaign, probably by the time you're, you've actually listened to this. But yeah, I mean, crazy. What a world we live in, hey? What a world we live in. And, you know, no matter what happens, thank you so much. 95 episodes this is. And the reason we do it, and we've been putting up with some serious technical issues in the last few weeks, oh, is because we enjoy it and we like to know that you enjoy it as well. And it means a lot. And we're just delighted that, you know, no matter how, how your week's been, that you decide to to join us for an hour of it or, or however long it is and you know that is that is all that matters really we're all one big Wrexham family and yeah we just love it let's hope that this players can finish this season as brightly as they've started it you know there is a long way to go yet there there you go for your bingo sort of full house now but yeah let's just enjoy it thank you so much wherever you are in the world for joining us today on rob ryan red as always you can follow us on all the socials literally just type in rob ryan red the website as well rob there'll be some more new content on that 
in the days ahead. Thank you once again to Red 10 People Development. Without their support, this wouldn't still be viable. So thank you so much for, for backing us and for continuing to do so. And thank you once again to Hypnotic, the Wrexham-based band who provide all of the stings. And enjoy thank Gastonbury, you. Rich, if you're going. If you're one of those people that's going, um, we've, we've, we've teamed up to sponsor that event after the Farnborough game. Sold out. So, you know, enjoy yourself. It'll be a great night. Lots of live music, lots of Wrexham Lager, I'm sure, as well. And there'll be food um, to enjoy as well. Enjoy it. Hopefully we get through, Rich. It's a big weekend. Hopefully, come Monday, we're in that hat. We're, we're, it's not even a hat, is it? Everyone says that. We're, not, we're, in, we're, in the, we're in the draw. We're in that big circular bowl and we get picked out against... Uh, let's hope. I, I just, I really, really hope. Going out in the second round would be so, so painful. So... Fingers crossed next week we're bouncing off the walls getting a Premier League tie. Bring on the bowl hole. Maybe a return to Fulham for myself. Thank you very much for joining us once again on Rob Brown Red. Like Nay said, we will be back next week to review whatever happens this weekend. Hopefully an FA Cup draw as well and look ahead to the next game on the horizon. Take care wherever you are and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.